Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios, Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just next to the English Channel, where we've created uh, successfully uh, a safe haven for spiritual seekers, especially devotees of Sri Krishna. And here we are, the last Akadasi of 2021. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be glad to see 2021 go, but who knows what 2022 is going to bring, because it seems like material energy isn't finished with the conditioned souls yet. So let us keep ourselves above the fray by hearing about Krishna and therefore keeping our... Uh, ourselves in the proper uh, position, our constitutional position as eternal servants of Krishna. I got a very lovely uh, report uh, today from uh, Nali Taibrabhu and, and Radhananda from their uh, bakery in Antwerp. I think it's Antwerp, Belgium. Yes. And it was a lovely uh, report how people around the neighborhood, even though you know the business isn't as good as it was pre-COVID, but the people around are beginning to open up and talk to them, and and yes, the, the preaching is going on, and they started a new startup uh, hearing group uh, successfully, and uh, yes. Life goes on. Krishna consciousness is spreading. Uh, so I'd like to thank them for that. I'll write you a letter also, but I wanted to mention it publicly because it was so uh, inspiring, frankly. Okay, let's go. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami glorifying <laughs> the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, as nicely as I've heard uh, any glorification of the Bhagavatam. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnadya, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabhu, Kalidvandodita Ditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya. Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Savatasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguru Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute 
my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin adini chochata kada hanamun chagada chenvam premna ret kantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Okay, we've reached uh, the third chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna is the source of all incarnations. Where Sutta Goswami continues to answer the questions about uh, the incarnations of Krishna, which he will elaborate upon uh, all throughout the 18,000 verses or, or so many verses that follow in the next, can next few cantos. Okay, we're going to start with text 24. Then, in the beginning of Kali Yuga, the Lord will appear as Lord Buddha, the son of Anjana, in the province of Gaya, just for the purpose of deluding those who are envious of the faithful theists. Purport. Lord Buddha, a powerful incarnation of the Personality of Godhead, <clears throat> appeared in the province of Gaya, Bihar, as the son of Anjana, and he preached his own conception of non-violence and deprecated even the animal sacrifices sanctioned in the Vedas. At the time when Lord Buddha appeared, the people in general were atheistic and preferred animal flesh to anything else. On the plea of Vedic sacrifice, every place was practically turned into a slaughterhouse, and animal killing was indulged in unrestrictedly. Lord Buddha preached nonviolence, taking pity on the poor animals. He preached that he did not believe in the, in the tenets of the Vedas and stressed the adverse psychological effects incurred by animal killing. Less intelligent men of the age of Kali, who had no faith in God, followed his principles, but for the time being they were trained in moral discipline and nonviolence, the preliminary steps for proceeding further on the path of God-realization. He deluded the atheists because such atheists who followed his principles did not believe in God, but kept their absolute faith in Lord Buddha, who himself was the incarnation of God. Thus, the faithless people were made to believe in God in the form of Lord Buddha. That was the mercy of Lord Buddha. He made the faithless faithful to him. Killing of animals before the advent of Lord Buddha 
was the most prominent feature of the society. People claimed that these were Vedic sacrifices. When the Vedas were not accepted through the authoritative when the, Veda, when the Vedas are not accepted through the authoritative disciplic succession, the casual readers of the Vedas are misled by the flowery language, language of that system of knowledge. In the Bhagavad Gita, a comment has been made on such foolish scholars, apipaschita, the foolish scholars of Vedic literature who do not care to receive the transcendental message through the transcendental realized sources of disciplic succession are sure to be bewildered. By them, the ritualistic ceremonies are considered to be all in all. They have no depth of knowledge. According to the Bhagavad Gita 1515, the whole system of the Vedas is to lead one gradually to the path of the Supreme Lord. The whole theme of Vedic literature is to know the Supreme Lord, the individual soul, the cosmic situation, and the relation between all these items. When the relation is known, the relative function begins, and as a result of such a function, the ultimate goal of life, going back to Godhead, takes place in the easiest manner. Unfortunately, unauthorized scholars of the Vedas become captivated by the purificatory ceremonies only, and natural progress is therefore checked. To such bewildered persons of atheistic propensity, Lord Buddha is the emblem of theism. He therefore, first of all, wanted to check the habit of animal killing. The animal killers are dangerous elements on the path of going back to Godhead. There are two types of animal killers. The soul is sometimes called the, quote, animal, end quote, or the living being. Therefore, both the, slaughter, both the slaughterer of animals and those who have lost their identity as souls are animal killers. Maharaj Prichit said <clears throat> that only the animal killer cannot relish the transcendental message of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, if people are to be educated to the path of Godhead, they must be taught first and foremost to stop the process of animal killing in both senses mentioned above. It is nonsensical to say that animal killing has nothing to do with spiritual realization. By this dangerous theory, many so-called sannyasis have sprung up by the grace of Kali Yuga who preach animal killing under the garb of the Vedas. The subject matter has already been, the subject matter has already been discussed in the conversation between Lord Chaitanya and Maulana Chan Kazi Saheb. The animal sacrifice, <clears throat> as stated in the Vedas, is different from the unrestricted animal killing in the slaughterhouse. Because the asuras, or the so-called scholars of Vedic literatures, put forward, put forward the evidence of animal killing in the Vedas, Lord Buddha 
superficially denied the authority of the Vedas. This rejection of the Vedas by Lord Buddha was adopted in order to save people from the vice of animal killing, as well as to save the poor animals from the slaughtering process of their big brothers who clamor for universal brotherhood, peace, justice, and equity. There is no justice when there is animal killing. Lord Buddha wanted to stop it completely, and therefore his cult of Ahimsa was propagated not only in India, but, across, but also outside the country. <clears throat> Technically, Lord Buddha's philosophy is called atheistic because there is no acceptance of the Supreme Lord and because that system of philosophy denied the authority of the Vedas. But that is an act of camouflage by the Lord. Lord Buddha is the incarnation of Godhead. As such, he is the original pr propounder of Vedic knowledge. He therefore cannot reject Vedic philosophy. But he rejected it outwardly because the Suradvisha, or the demons who were always envious of the devotees of Godhead, tried to support cow killing or animal killing from the pages of the Vedas. And this is now being done by the modernized sannyasis. Lord Buddha had to reject the authority of the Vedas altogether. This is simply technical. And had it not been so, he would not have been so accepted as the incarnation of Godhead. Nor would he have been, <clears throat> nor would he have been worshipped in the transcendental songs of the poet Jayadev, who is a Vaishnava Acharya. Lord Buddha preached the preliminary principles of the Vedas in a manner suitable for the time. And so also did Shankaracharya to establish the authority of the Vedas. Therefore, both Lord Buddha and Acharya Shankar paved the way of theism. And Vaishnavi Acharyas, specifically Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, led the people on the path towards a realization of going back to Godhead. We are glad that people are taking interest in the nonviolent movement of Lord Buddha. But they will take the but will they take the matter very seriously and close the animal slaughterhouses altogether? If not, there is no meaning to the Ahimsa cult. Srimad Bhagavatam was composed just prior to the beginning of Age of Kali, about five thousand years ago, and Lord Buddha appeared about twenty six hundred years ago. Therefore, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Lord Buddha is foretold. Such is the authority of this clear scripture. There are many such prophecies, and they are being fulfilled one after another. They will indicate the positive standing of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is without any trace of mistake, illusion, cheating, or imperfection, which are the four flaws of all conditioned souls. The liberated souls are above these flaws. Therefore, they can, they can see and foretell things which are to take place on distant future 
dates. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, as always, never compromising. Text 25 Thereafter, at the conjunction of two yugas, the Lord of the creation will take his birth as the Kalki incarnation and become the son of Vishnu Yasha. At this time, almost all the rulers of the earth will have degenerated into plunderers. Purport here is another foretelling concerning the advent of Lord Kalki, the incarnation of Godhead. He is to appear at the conjunction of the two yugas, namely at the end of Kali Yuga and the beginning of Satya Yuga. The cycle of the four yugas, namely Satya, Treta, Dwapara and Kali, rotates like the calendar months. The present Kali Yuga lasts 432,000 years, out of which we have passed only 5,000 years after the battle of Kurukshetra and the end of the regime of Maharaj Prikshit. So there are 427,000 years balance yet to be finished. Therefore, at the end of this period, the incarnation of Kalki will take place as foretold in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The name of his father, Vishnu Jasha, a learned Brahmana, and the village Shambhala are also mentioned. As, as above mentioned, all these foretellings will prove to be factual in chronological order. That is the authority of Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 26 O Brahmanas, the incarnations of the Lord are innumerable, like rivulets flowing from inexhaustible sources of water. Purport The list of incarnations of the Personality of Godhead given herein is not complete. It is only a partial view of all the incarnations. There are many others, such as Sri Hayagriva, Hari, Hangsa, Prishnigarbha, Vibhu, Satyasena, Vaikuntha, Sarvabhoma, Vishwaksena, Dharmatsetu, Sudama, Yogeshwar, Briyatbanu, and others of bygone ages. Sri Prahlad Maharaj said in his prayer, My Lord, you manifest as many incarnations as there are species of life, namely the aquatics, the vegetables, the reptiles, the birds, the beasts, the men, the demigods, and so on, just for the maintenance of the faithful and the annihilation of the unfaithful. You advent yourself in this way in accordance with the necessity of the different yugas. In the Kali Yuga, you have incarnated garbed as a devotee. This incarnation of the Lord in the Kali Yuga is Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are many other places, both in the Bhagavatam and in other scriptures, in which the incarnation of the Lord 
that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is explicitly mentioned. In the Brahma Samhita, in the Brahma Sangita, also it is said indirectly that although there are many incarnations of the Lord, such as Rama, Rishinga, Varaha, Matsya, Kurma, and many others, the Lord Himself sometimes incarnates in person. Lord Krishna and Lord Sri Chaitanya, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are not, therefore, incarnations, but the original source of all incarnations. This will be clearly explained in the next shlokas. So the Lord is inexhaustible. So the Lord is the inexhaustible source for innumerable incarnations, which are not always mentioned. But such incarnations are distinguished by specific extraordinary feats, which are impossible to be, to be performed by any living being. That is the general, general test to identify an incarnation of the Lord, directly and indirectly empowered. Some incarnations mentioned above are almost plenary portions. For instance, the Kumaras are empowered with transcendental knowledge. Sri Narada is empowered with devotional service. Maharaj Prithu is an empowered incarnation with executive, fu executive function. <clears throat> the Matsi incarnation is directly a plenary portion. So the innumerable incarnations of the Lord are manifested all over the universes constantly, without cessation, as water flows constantly from waterfalls. So poetic, Prabhupada. Huh? Text 27. <clears throat> All the rishis, the manus, the demigods, and the descendants of Manu, who are especially powerful, are plenary portions or portions of the plenary portions of the Lord. This also includes the prajapatis. Purport. Those who are comparatively less powerful are called vibhuti, and those who are comparatively more powerful are called avesha, incarnations. Text 28. Etichang shakala pungsa krishnas tu bhagavan swayam indrari vyakulam lokam Vridhyanti yuge yuge. All of the above mentioned incarnations are either plenary portions or portions of the plenary portions of the Lord. But Lord Sri Krishna is the original personality of Godhead. All of them appear on planets whenever there is, is a disturbance created by the atheists. The Lord incarnates to protect the atheists. PURPORT In this particular stanza, Lord Sri Krishna, the Personality of Godhead, is distinguished from other incarnations. He is counted amongst the avatars, incarnations, because out of His causeless mercy, the Lord descends from His transcendental abode. Avatar means one who descends. All the incarnations of the Lord, including the Lord Himself, 
descend to different planets in the material world, as also in different species of life, to fulfill particular missions. Sometimes he comes himself, and sometimes his different plenary portions, or parts of the plenary portions, or his differentiated portions, directly or indirectly empowered by him, descend to this material world to execute certain specific functions. Originally, the Lord is full of all opulences, all prowess, all fame, all beauty, all knowledge, and all renunciation. When they are partly manifested through the plenary portions or parts of the plenary portions, it should be noted that certain manifestations of His different powers are required for those particular functions. When in the room small electric bulbs are displayed, it does not mean that the electric powerhouse is limited by the small bulbs. The same powerhouse can supply power to operate large-scale industrial dynamos with greater volts. Similarly, the incarnations of the Lord display limited powers because so much power is needed at that particular time. For example, Lord Parashuram and Lord, and Lord Nishinga displayed unusual opulence by killing the disobedient Chatriyas 21 times and killing the great powerful atheist Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu was so powerful that even the demigods in other planets would tremble simply by the unfavorable raising of his eyebrows. The demigods in the higher level of material existence many, many times excel the most well-to-do human beings in longevity, beauty, wealth, paraphernalia, and all other respects. Still, they were afraid of Hiranyakashipu. Thus, we can simply imagine how powerful Hiranyakashipu was in this material world. But even Hiranyakashipu was cut into small pieces by the nails of Lord Nishinga. This means that anyone materially powerful cannot stand the strength of the Lord's nails. Similarly, Jamadagna, Jamadagna displayed the Lord's power to kill all the disobedient kings powerfully situated in the respective states. The Lord's empowered incarnation Narada and plenary incarnation Varaha, as well as indirectly empowered Lord Buddha, created faith in the mass of people. The incarnations of Rama and Danvantari displayed his fame, and Balarama, Mohini, and Vamana exhibited his beauty. Dadatreya, Matsya, Kumara, and Kapila exhibited his transcendental knowledge. Nara and Narayana, Nara and Narayana rishis exhibited his renunciation. So all the different indirectly or directly empowered incarnations of the Lord manifested different features. But Lord Krishna, the primeval Lord, exhibited the complete features of Godhead. And thus it is confirmed that He is the source 
of all other incarnations. And the most extraordinary feature exhibited by Lord Sri Krishna was his internal, energetic manifestation of the pastimes with the cowherd girls. His pastimes with the gopis are all displays of transcendental existence, bliss, and knowledge, although these are manifested apparently as sex love. The specific attraction of his pastimes with the gopis should never be misunderstood. The Bhagavatam relates these transcendental pastimes in the tenth canto, and in order to reach the position to understand the transcendental nature of Lord Krishna's pastimes with the gopis, the Bhagavatam promotes the student gradually in nine other cantos. <clears throat> According to Srila Jiva Goswami's statement, in accordance with authoritative sources, Lord Krishna is the source of all other incarnations. It is not that Lord Krishna has any source of incarnation. All these symptoms of the Supreme Truth are present in full. <clears throat> All the symptoms of the Supreme Truth are present in are present in full, are present in the person of Lord Sri Krishna, and in the Bhagavad Gita the Lord emphatically declares that there is no truth greater than greater than or equal to himself. I think that's repeat that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. All the symptoms of the Supreme Truth are present in full in the person of Lord Sri Krishna. And in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord emphatically declares that there is no truth greater than or equal to himself. In this stanza, the word Swayam is particularly mentioned to confirm that Lord Sri Krishna has no other source than himself. Although in other places the incarnations are described as Bhagavan because of their specific functions, nowhere are they declared to be the Supreme Personality. In this stanza, the word Swayam signifies the supremacy as the Sumam Bonam. The Sumam Bonam Krishna is one without a second. He himself has expanded himself in various parts, portions and particles as Swayam Rupa, Swayam Prakash, Tadekatma, Prabhava, Vaibhava, Vilas, Avatara, Avesh, and Jivas, all provided with innumerable energies just suitable to the respective persons and personalities. Learned scholars in transcendental subjects have carefully analyzed the Summum Bonum, Krishna, to have 64 principal attributes. All the expansions or categories of the Lord possess only some percentages of these attributes. But Sri Krishna, 
is the possessor of the attributes sent percent. And his personal expansions, such as Swayam Prakash and Tadikatma, up to the categories of the avatars who are Vishnu Tattva, possess up to 93% of these transcendental attributes. Lord Shiva, who is neither avatar nor avesh nor in between them, possesses almost 84% of the attributes. But the jivas, or the individual living beings in different statuses of life, possess up to the limit of 78% of the attributes. In the conditioned state of material existence, the living being possesses these attributes in very minute quantity, varying in terms of the pious life of the living being. The most perfect of living beings is Brahma, the supreme administrator of one universe. He possesses 78% of the attributes in full. All other demigods have the same attributes in less quantity, whereas human beings possess the attributes in very minute quantity. The standard of perfection for a human being is to develop the attributes up to 78% in full. The living being can never possess attributes like Shiva, Vishnu or Lord Krishna. A living being can thus become godly by developing these 78% transcendental attributes in fullness, but he can never become a god like Shiva, Vishnu or Krishna. He can become a Brahma in due course. He can become a Brahma in due course. The godly living beings who are residents in the planets in the spiritual sky are eternal associates of God in different spiritual planets called Haridam and Maheshdam. The abode of Lord Krishna above all spiritual, other spiritual planets is called Krishna Loka or Goloka Vrindavan. And the perfected living being, by developing 78% of the above attributes in fullness, can enter the planet of Krishna Loka after leaving the present material body. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 29. <clears throat> Whoever carefully recites the mysterious appearances of the Lord with devotion in the morning and, the e and in the evening gets relief from all miseries of life. Purport. In the Bhagavad Gita, the Personality of Godhead has declared that anyone who knows the principles of the transcendental birth and activities of the Lord will go back to Godhead after being relieved from this material tabernacle. So simply knowing factually the mysterious way of the Lord's incarnation in this material world can liberate one from material bondage. Therefore, the birth and activities of the Lord as manifested by Him for the welfare of the people in general, are not ordinary. They are mysterious. 
and only one who carefully tries to go deep into the matter by spiritual devotion can enter into the mystery and thus be relieved of all miseries of life. In other words, one gets liberation from material bondage. It is therefore advised that one who simply recites with sincerity and devotion this chapter of the Bhagavatam describing the appearance of the Lord in different incarnations can have insight into the birth and activities of the Lord. The very word vimukti or liberation indicates that the Lord's birth and activities are all transcendental. Otherwise, simply by reciting them one, otherwise, simply by reciting them, one could not attain liberation. They are therefore mysterious, and those who do not follow the prescribed regulations of devotional service are not entitled to enter into the mysteries of his births and activities. Text 30 The conception of the Virat, universal form of the Lord, in the material world is imaginary. It is to enable the less intelligent and neophytes to adjust to the idea of the Lord's having form. But factually, the Lord has no material form. Purport The conception of the Lord known as the Vishwarupa or the Virat Rupa, is particularly not mentioned along with the various incarnations of the Lord because all the incarnations of the Lord mentioned above are transcendental and there is not a tinge of materialism in their bodies. There is no difference between the body and the self of the Lord as there is for the conditioned soul. The Virat Rupa is conceived for those who are just neophyte worshippers. For them, the material Virat Rupa is presented, and it will be explained in the second canto. In the Virat Rupa, the material manifestations of different planets have been conceived as his legs, hands, and so on. Actually, all such descriptions are for neophytes. The neophytes cannot conceive of anything beyond matter. The material conception of the Lord is not counted in the list of His factual forms. As Paramatma, or Supersoul, the Lord is within each and every material form, even within the atoms. But the outward material form is but an imagination, both for the Lord and for the living entities, the living being. The present forms of the conditioned souls are also not factual. The conclusion is that the material conception of the body of the Lord as Virat is imaginary. Both the Lord and the living beings are spiritual sparks and have original spiritual bodies. So, believe it or not, it's all it's already 7:47. Hare Krishna. That went by really fast. Okay. We'll stop our reading here for tonight.
and tomorrow we'll take up at text 31. So, if any of our esteemed uh, Vaishnava audience have any reflections uh, that they, they'd like to make or further discussions on the topics just described, please be our guest. First is from Devadarana. Devadarana, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj. And from Radhananda Devi Dasi. Radha. Nanda. Radhananda, Hare Krishna, Radhananda. Thank you, Guru Maharaj, for your en encouragement. All glories to you and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to His Divine Grace, Sri the Prabhupada. And His sincere followers. And from Paramohini Devi Dasi. Paramohini, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And from Braj Balaba. Hey Braj, Hare Bo. Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. Any statement that starts with, by the grace of Kali Yuga, you know cannot be good. <laughs> and he also has a question. Text 26. Does this mean an avatar could be on earth now in a form we are unaware of? Um... I seem, you know, I I haven't read anything about that directly, but I seem to remember having heard that uh, I can't answer that. I can't answer it authoritatively. I'm not sure. But there is a place that, that states that the Kalki Avatar is waiting for some time before he actually comes out. And I don't know exactly what that means in terms of time. But if 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 no, if if the Bhagavatam and and the other revealed scriptures don't mention, you know, uh, at least Yuga avatars then they're not going to appear. The Kalki may be waiting, yeah. Hare Krishna. That's as far as I can answer it, sorry. Subarao Rajagopal. Subarao Rajagopal, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you. And more from Braj Palaba. Okay, Braj, take it away. In text 28, what's the purpose to try and develop those qualities to be Lord Brahma? It seems to me better to bail out of these material nightmares and to try to become Lord Brahma. No, it doesn't say that it's better or good. It just says that's that's possible. It's just saying that it's it's possible for a 
living being to become Brahma, but it's not possible for him to become Vishnu or anything above Brahma, any personality above Brahma. It's not saying that it's it's good to become Brahma. It's just saying that, you know, that's the highest uh, stage that a living being can attain in the material world. Hare Krishna. From Devadharana? Yes, Devadharana. Hare Krishna, dear Vaishnava. Please accept my most humble obeisances. Jai, all glories to the Prabhupada. All glories to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Sri the Prabhupada, and to all within the Parampara. Thank you so much for your reading, which has and will deliver many from the cruel clutches of Maya. Hare Krishna, so be it. Thank you for that blessing. Bhaktarupa. Haribo Bhaktarupa. Thanks for reading this evening, Maharaj. It's amazing how Lord Buddha appeared to stop meat eating. But I've watched a documentary about Buddhist monks in which they all happily eat meat acquired by begging alms. Yes. <laughs> that means they're not following. Just like there's many Christians who are not following the te- teachings of Jesus Christ, there's many so-called followers of Krishna who are not following in India and other places. So that's the state of Kali Yuga. That's the state. It's very rare that that a person, a follower of one of these incarnations will actually uh, be following properly. Very rare. Therefore, we're very, very fortunate to be in this movement. We're very fortunate to be under the shelter of Srila Prabhupada in a direct line from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who, as we heard, is Krishna himself, not an incarnation, not an expansion, not a plenary part or plenary portion, expansion, but Krishna himself, the source of all other incarnations. And we have appeared on this earth only 500 years after him. And there's 10 personalities between us and Prabhupada. Only 10. In other words, it's like a, it, it goes from the mouth of Lord Chaitanya to the ear, you know, of his immediate followers, then from their mouths to the ears of their followers, and so on. Only ten persons removed from Lord Chaitanya himself. That's why this movement is spreading all over the world. And it's rare because Srila Prabhupada was the only one from India who can do it. Therefore, a strong argument is made that Srila Prabhupada is actually Shaktivesh. I mean, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur called Lord Jesus Christ Shaktivesh, avatar of Krishna. So, Srila Prabhupada did, you know, not in quantity yet, but in quality, much more. And so he must be Shaktivesh avatar. Because a Shaktivesh avatar is a living being like us of Jiva, but empowered to do a particular thing that only Krishna could do, that an ordinary human being couldn't do. Therefore, Prabhupada's pastimes they appear to be superhuman because they are. 
they're, they're empowered by Krishna. Hare Krishna. From Subarao. Subarao, Hare Krishna. He commented, Kali Kali Nama Rupe. Krishna, Krishna avatar. avatar. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. Very true. From Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. Tonight we have heard about the incarnation of Lord Buddha, who came with a special mission. I seem to remember that there was another Buddha who is not an incarnation of the Lord. Was it Gautama Buddha? Can you please comment on that? I've never heard that. I've never heard that there's another Buddha who is not an incarnation of Krishna. I can't answer it. I've never heard it. I don't know where you heard it, but tell me where you heard it from and I'll comment on it. From Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for your daily reading of Srila Prabhupada. Animal killers cannot relish the transcendental message of the Lord. We are working for sending this message to the people through Prasad and the Shastras. Mm. Many sincere people are starting to stop eating meat after corona mm. and devotees are slowly increasing here mm. thank you so much mm. thank you for that comment very nice I mean it's so obvious that so many diseases have come from animals they've come into the human species transferred, transmitted to the human species by people who are just uh addicted to eating whatever kind of animal they can. Some of them have seem to have a penchant for finding out what different kinds of living entities taste like. Can you imagine? What a, what a revolting and uh, yeah, disgusting uh, desire. <laughs> I think that this one of the one of the animals that these sorrow, you know, uh, uh, diseases are coming from is the, uh, is the bat. Can you imagine eating a bat? See what it tastes like? What, a, what ugly creature. Horrible creature. Only, you know, flying at night and passing stool through their mouth, hanging upside down. Hare Krishna. Who in their right mind, except for an animal, would do such a thing? eat something like that. Yeah. So that's, you know, uh, it, it's heavy, it's, it's shocking, but it's true. So be very careful in the Kali Yuga. It's extremely dangerous place. Extremely dangerous time, rather. Hare Krishna. From Goranga Gopal. Hare Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. 
I appreciated the analogy given in the purport of verse 24, where it is said, The soul is also sometimes called the animal or the living being. Yes. Therefore, both the slaughterer of animals and those who have lost their identity of soul are animal killers. Exactly. Precisely. Thank you for bringing that out. That was one of the most important points made in this chapter. As more, he says, sounds like Lord Buddha is a double agent sold to Krishna's cause. It is interesting as well that Prabhupada says that Lord Buddha and Shankaracharya paved the path of theism when one is seemingly preaching atheism and the other impersonalism. Yes, indirectly. I mean, Prabhupada explained that the Buddhists are less dangerous than the Mayavadis. Because the, the, the Buddhists at least have the guts to say there is no God. But the, but the Shankar, Shankarites, and, and, and Shankaracharya didn't believe this, but the, his followers, you know, did. And, uh, I mean, Shankaracharya is Lord Shiva. He's an incarnation of Lord Shiva. He's a glorious soul. But... Uh, he was told by Krishna to do this. So it's a part of the plan. The only, the only way that the people of India who are very much, uh, how do I say, embedded the, the, the Vedic principles and the Vedic knowledge and the, and the culture is so embedded in India that the only way that it could turn it around, the animal killing, was to stop the faith in the Vedas. You see? And the only person who can, who's powerful enough to stop the faith in the Vedas is somebody who Krishna told him to do it. So indirectly, Krishna, only Krishna could do that. So, then Shankaracharya, his point was to bring faith back into the, to the Vedas. But he did it by... Uh, preaching a philosophy that sounded like Buddhism in the sense that it came to an impersonal conclusion even though it's talking about that there is a God but that God doesn't have a, per a form doesn't have mouth, taste, touch you know, any, any parts because it has no form so indirectly it's worse because they are atheists but they're worse because they're, they're saying that Krishna is Maya. That Krishna doesn't exist. Just an imaginary form. So the Mayavadis are worse than the Buddhists. At least the Buddhists are honest and come around straight and say there is no God. And not as dangerous. At least they give some like Prabhupada mentioned in the purport, some, uh, um, how do you call it, pre-religious, you know, principles to follow. Hare Krishna. Marfamrati Manjari. Haribo Marfamrati. Also tonight we have heard the famous shloka of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. 
His Holiness Tamal Krishna, in his thesis, propounded that this was Srila Prabhupada's Mahavakya statement. Yes. Which means, as far as I understand, the foundational statement underneath all Srila Prabhupada's preaching. Could you please elaborate on this? Yes, this is called the Parinam Sutra. Parinam Sutra means the statement upon which is built uh, a thesis or a literature. So yes, this, this is the... Srila Prabhupada translated the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the translation for Bhagavan. And this verse establishes that all other incarnations of are, are emanations from Krishna. And therefore, because Krishna does not have a source, he is the uh, complete uh, form, the complete absolute truth. Hare Krishna. He says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thanks for another wonderful reading. Tonight we heard that the Lord displays unusual high levels of empowerment in his incarnations mm. as Nursingha and Parashuram by wiping out 21 generations of kshatriyas mm. and killing Hiranyakashipu. Sometimes he does things that may seem to reduce his reputation to faithless persons, like when he runs away from Kalyavana, but he has multi-purposes in mind when doing such things. One, one doubt I had was that I heard from Gopi Pranadana Prabhu Quoting the Skanda Purana, Lord Nursingadev allows himself to be defeated by an incarnation of Lord Shiva. I understand this is a Tamasic Purana, whereas Bhagavat Purana is the spotless Purana. But why would any of the Puranas or histories have events that would bewilder people from the conclusion they're meant to point people in the direction of that Vishnu or Krishna is supreme? For the same reason that Lord Buddha appeared. We just heard about it. How Krishna appeared to misdirect people, you know, not to not to, you know, worship Krishna. But indirectly they worshipped God because they worshipped him. So it's the same, same same reasoning. Because, you know, the Vedas are broad. They they give something for everyone to start them at least on the path go going back toward uh, the Absolute Truth. So Buddha did that in, in, by, by teaching nonviolence. Because even the so-called followers of the Vedas were violent. The so-called authorities were violent. So therefore sometimes the Lord does these kinds of things. And another point is that uh, 
the different Puranas that are in that are tinged or this is a very delicate subject because we don't want to say that the Vedas, any of the Puranas are material or or are not relevant or whatever. But they they give they give different perspectives on the same points sometimes. Different perspectives on the same uh, even pastime sometimes because the person who's speaking it is perhaps tinged with a different understanding than the pure, completely pure understanding. Therefore, you'll even you'll even find, you know, pastimes of Krishna that appear to be different in one of the Puranas as they are in the Bhagavatam. So, in that case, we accept the Bhagavatam. But a person who can't accept the Bhagavatam and hears that about Krishna in another way may get some faith in in Krishna, beginning faith in Krishna. So, therefore, you know. There are there's something in the Vedas for everyone, but ultimately they culminate, and that's why Prabhupada uses the word sumabonum when it comes to Krishna consciousness and the and the Bhagavatam and the tenth canto particularly, where Krishna's pastimes are uh, are revealed or displayed, you know, uh, in their original pure form without any tinge of any other uh, mode of nature. Not any other mode of nature. There are no modes of nature in Krishna, but without a tinge of the modes of nature. Hare Krishna. Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Guru Maharaj, I don't remember where I heard this statement. But I thank you for correcting me again and again. Hare Krishna. It is fortifying. Hare Krishna. And just doing my duty. And Daitari Hari says, really nice answer, Maharaj. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Actually, I got that from Gopi Puranadana Prabhu. I was very fortunate to have worked closely with him for seven years. So I'm blessed with, you know, whatever understanding I have came from him on those subjects. All right, thank you again for wonderful daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books and the reflections and the uh, questions and the discussions afterwards were very enlightening and uh, very helpful. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samabhira Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Prem Anandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night, New Year's Eve. Every year, every day is the same for us, you know? All these different reasons, so-called reasons for celebrating. But we are celebrating every day the Srimad Bhagavatam. See you tomorrow night. Hare Krishna.